So I went to Nine Round, for those of you who listened to my previous message about the, my narrative and our narratives and how they affect us and how we have to push through. Basically, get, getting outside of my comfort zone is more than just awkward for me. It's sweaty, sweaty, sweaty awkwardness for me. So I just, (laughs) when I am out of my comfort zone, you can expect sweat coming out of every disgusting orifice of my body. Like it's disgusting. I know you're like, that's disgusting. Wendelin. It is disgusting and it's weird. And then it makes me more awkward because I think, oh my goodness, they see my sweat stash. So what are you going to do? But anyway, so I did go to nine round Um, part of it was really awkward because a guy was kind of showing me what to do. And at one point he wanted me to do jumping jacks and a jump rope. And let me tell you something. I think girls with big boobs will tell you something. We don't jump. And if we do jump, we have two sports bras on. Um, I did not have two sports bras on. I was not expecting jumping. Like, I was expecting, like, kicking, which I did some, and punching, which I did some, but I have decided that nine round is not for me, and it's not the kicking, the jumping, the bouncy, out of control, like, jump rope moves, but, um, you know what it was? Well, a couple of things, really starting to rain here so excuse the the noise but you know what it was the loud music and people might think I'm crazy but for those of you who deal with ADD like I do where there's a constant internal dialogue and when I say a constant internal dialogue I'm not being dramatic it is constant it is absolutely 110% constant And it's a difficult thing. Like, it's a difficult thing to, to get past that loud music. I am a music person only when I'm in the mood for it. And I have to be in the mood for it. Um, do not put me in a restaurant where there's a live band. Holy freaking moly. You talk about stress. Like, I, I feel like my body actually goes through, like like a really stressful, stressful situation where my body goes into like panic mode. I'm not, this is not an exaggeration. And if someone's talking to me and there's like music going on in the background, but like it's loud enough just so you have to like alter your voice for it, you can forget the conversation. It either has to be very shallow and very short. I just can't do it. I just cannot do it. I used to have um, a couple of roommates, uh, if you've heard me talk about the 215, uh, this, it was, we called it the 215, it was a house we lived in. I had four roommates at a time, there was five of us, and two of them loved to go to like, listen to music, and it was a nightmare for me. (laughs) I was like, I cannot go, I cannot go. If there is a live band, I just can't do it. 
it has to be a band where I know every word to every song. So I'm singing it and concentrating on singing it and not like trying to work around it. And don't expect me to sit there and just enjoy the music because that's not going to happen. My mind doesn't work that way. Um, so anyway, all that to say, I told you guys I would give you an update on nine round. They had the loudest music ever. And I just, it honestly bothered me even working out. Like even like I'm a hard ass working out. Look at me. Punch, 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 punch. And I, I, I say, I say hard ass because I felt like that's what I was going to be. Like I was going to go in there and kick and punch and all this stuff. And I was going to look like a fool, but I was going to do it. Well, the music really, I was off kilter. It was horrible. So, um, I wasn't that great at it anyway, but it's not, and I feel like I could get better, but the music, I like, I have, like, I had a nightmare about it that night about walking in there and that loud music. I can't do that. I cannot do it. So anyway, um, yeah. So there's my nine round experience talking about getting out of my comfort zone. But I've been thinking about something the last couple days because I saw a post that my friend Cheryl posted. And I would love someday to get my friend Cheryl on this podcast because she has been dealing with depression for a very long time um, since her first child. And her journey is pretty remarkable. And I really admire her and I admire like what she's what she's gone through and what she's going through. And. I think she has some beautiful insight and she has some things that are tragic for her, like just breaks her heart. And she's just now kind of come out on social media about her depression. And let me say this, when you meet Cheryl, I'm going to tell you some of the things that you see. First of all, you see someone who's very pretty. Like when I first met Cheryl, I was like, um, she's really pretty and we probably aren't going to be friends. Which turned out we were very much turned out to be good friends. And she is very beautiful. And she has this way about her. She can pretty much wear any hair color she wants and get away with it. She can wear any hairstyle she wants. She could Sinead O'Connor that junk and still look beautiful. She is just a beautiful person. So when you see her, you see like, wow, she's really beautiful. And she's a little bit funky. She's the person that like chopped all of her hair off. All of it. Like... And still looked really good and feminine. I don't know how she does it. She just does it. If I chop my hair off, let me tell you something. I would look like a straight up Bergen. Like Bergen town all the way. Like I don't even... But she she does. She pulls it off. She's beautiful. So you see that she's beautiful. And then when you talk to her, she, you see that she's very expressionate. And like, so she has these expressions, like these hand movements and these gestures and these facial expressions. And you're like, oh my goodness, yes. Like talking to her is like watching a play. You're very entertained. You're very like, you're like, this is a freaking good play. Like, this is awesome. And so she is that person. Like you love to have conversation with her because she's a conversationalist and she is a very strong person. She's very strong willed. She's very, she knows what she thinks. Even if she doesn't know what she thinks about something, she's going to tell you something. (laughs) She's going to tell you something, you know, she might come back and retract it, but she's like, Oh no, I'm going to say something. She's like me in that. And, um, I just really appreciate who she is because in that, like, so when you first meet her, you see all these things and you see that she is very theatrical in such a way that you want to be theatrical and she's beautiful in so many ways. And you just kind of watch her and you're like, Oh my goodness, like I really like this girl. But not only that, she 
she is probably, and I don't think she's been this way to just like the general public until now. Um, she's one of the most vulnerable people, vulnerable people I know. And she'll say she's not, she'll say no, like vulnerability, vulnerability scares me. And maybe we just had a bond from the beginning of our friendship where I saw that vulnerability and I loved it and it catapulted me into things as well. And I'm telling you all of these things for a reason, for a reason. She is one of the godparents of my children. I trust her that if something, let me say this, if something happened to my husband and I, and every parent will tell you no one is as good, no one will be as good as you and your husband or you and your whatever as like to raise your children as you guys are like, you're like, no, like I need to raise my children. So the fact that she's the godparent to my children, like she's one of the godparents, like I (laughs) kind of have a a list of them (laughs) in case something else happens. I'm that parent anxiety. Hello, that I have a will that says several people are godparents. Hello, ding, ding, anxiety. Um, anyway, and in saying all of this, so I've, I've painted this picture of, of Cheryl and she'd probably listen to this and go, Wendelin, but I'm telling you, she is a remarkable person. And when you first meet her, you meet her, you would instantly love her. She's creative. She's a conversationalist. Um, just don't, I probably would advise you not to play board games with her. If you would ever ask her husband why you would know she's very competitive (laughs) and, um, but she's, she's so much fun. She's funky. She's fun. She's great. Like she really is. And I don't know if she sees herself like this much anymore just because of her depression. And so she, she posted recently this, uh, pictures, these pictures of herself of now let me say this on her Facebook you see Cheryl and her family family and you're like uh I want that to be my family like before I had a family I was like "Mm, yeah I pretty much probably should have a family like Cheryl's and you know her Facebook like they're just beautiful they photograph well they're just they're just that family that you're like oh my gosh those pictures are so pretty you know so she posted recently some pictures of her with a puffy face and crying. And then there's one that I guess one of her kids took. And it was, it was amazing that she posted these. And basically she wrote down like on Facebook why she posted these. These are, that's the face of depression. And she had been crying and she had basically been in her hole and just saying like, I, she shut down. And she posted these pictures and I thought to myself, what an amazing way to show people that there shouldn't be shame linked to depression. There shouldn't be an explanation why you're depressed linked to depression. Depression is depression. And people go through it for different reasons, whether it be chemical, spiritual, um, situational, whatever it is. And so she posted these pictures and the kid, and then one of the things that she said in that, in this post in which I loved, she said, my kids know about my depression. They've seen me in it. Of course they have. Right. And I told her one time when we were having this conversation, I'm like, even in your depression, I still choose you to raise my children. If something were to happen to me. And because I trust her in way of 
her depression is something that links her to Jesus. The thing is, I don't want to protect my children. I came, now let me say this. I came from a home where my mom was bipolar. I came from a home where my mom was depressed pretty much 350 days of the year. I mean, okay, so it should scare me that Cheryl's depressed. Like, why why would you want your children, if something were to happen after you've gone through that, knowing someone deals with depression, because this is the difference. Cheryl runs to Jesus. She'll crawl to Jesus. She'll do whatever she needs to do. And whether that be I'm getting to Jesus to tell him I'm pissed at him, whether that be I'm getting to Jesus to yell at him because I don't know what to do with this depression, or whether it be I'm getting to Jesus so I can crawl in his arms, she goes to Jesus. And so that right there is the reason why. I don't want to hide my children from depression, anxiety. Do I want my children to inherit my anxiety? Because I do believe that if I say something, um, I'm scared of this, I'm scared of this, I'm scared of this, that they're going to inherit. I do believe that they can. Yes, I think it could be a learned behavior. But I also want them to know that mommy does have anxiety. And that the only way that I can really cope with it is to go to Jesus. And so Cheryl's children are part of her depression. They're in that family. They're going to see it. And you know what that's going to cause? Will it, will it cause maybe some harm to them in the future? I don't know. Because guess what? I think every parent screws up their kid in some way. <laughs> but I'll tell you what it will do because of how Cheryl's dealing with it. They will know that they can go to her at any point at any time and say, Mommy, something's not right with me. Or when my mom had troubles or my mom was in the ditch... She went to Jesus. And I love that. And depression is really teaching Cheryl that her strength is not what she thought it was. I think with people like Cheryl and I, we're very proud of how strong we are. And that can be very dangerous. And so there's things in our lives that Jesus brings into our lives that shows us, well, you're not as strong (laughs) as you think you are. And your strength needs to be derived from me, not because your personality is strong. And the thing is, a lot of times with people who love their strength, a lot of times it's manifested in people are are intimidated by me and that's why they see me as strong. And that's not good. You know, I'm just talking from personal experience when it's not soaked in Jesus, when you don't fiercely run to him to say, please show me your strength so I can, I can exhibit that and not my perverted sense of strength. And so what this depression is doing for Cheryl uh, in our conversation, she's like, I, I, I don't feel strong. I feel, uh, she feels incapable. She feels like she's crumbling sometimes. And that's terrifying for someone who has lived their life really proud of their sense of, of strength and survival. And so this whole thing, this whole thing that Cheryl and I have been talking about and just seeing her post the other day 
and those pictures of her with this with swole her face swollen from crying I can't help but look at those pictures and go that's the most beautiful I've ever seen her and when you see her you think she's gorgeous like she is she's a gorgeous girl like straight up beautiful but those pictures of Cheryl crying and she would look at them and go oh they're disgusting I look at them and I think she's beautiful because I'm truly seeing like her soul and one of the first serious conversations I ever had with Cheryl she told me I just want to do more for Jesus I want to do more for Jesus like I feel like I'm not doing enough and she's really hard on herself like but it truly is a desire of hers like her heart is just gorgeous and that's what she said to me the other day is I'm asking Jesus for more I'm asking Jesus for more like I can do more I can do more Wendelin like I can and it's interesting to me is like that has always been her core even before her depression just give me more Jesus like give me more give me more give me more and I just think that's really beautiful that in the midst of her depression she's still thinking that way the point of this podcast is for, okay, so the other day, my son has this thing he's for, and he, of course, mommy, look how fast I can run. Oh, that is fast. Wow, that's fast, Charlie. Hey, mommy, I'm the fastest jumper. Watch this. <laughs> okay. Wow, that's a fast jump. Hey, mommy, watch this. I'm a fast spinner. Wow, that is a fast spin, Charlie. He says to me the other day, mom. I'm the fastest faller sleeper. I can fall asleep so fast. (laughs) Everything is so fast, right? And so what I'm saying in this is this. I love that Charlie is saying this about himself because I think so many times we give ourselves our own narrative. Yes, I've said it in other podcasts that people filter into our lives things that become our narrative, but we also have responsibility in that because we also have developed narratives in our own lives. And the other day, I buy my kids Hawaiian bread. They love it. It's like bread with sugar. It's like amazing, right? I mean, hello, bread, yum, sugar, yum, put together, yum, call it Hawaiian bread. And it's like done. So I just was like, and I'm not eating like stuff like that because I'm on this weight loss journey and it's good and all this stuff. But I took a bite. I took a bite and that with my nutritionist is what I'm talking about is I don't know how to just take a little bite of something that's delicious. Like I want the whole thing. And I picked up another piece, going to take another bite. And I said, oh, I just can't. I can't keep myself from doing this. It's so good. I stopped myself and I said, what did you just say to yourself? I can't stop myself. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. So I literally had to put the bread down. Look at the bread. This is weird. Look at the bread. Go, Gwendolyn. 
you have enough self-control not to have this other piece of bread. Put it away and walk away. You have self-control. Walk away. And so my whole life thing with food has been, okay, so when I'm losing weight, I only eat food basically that I can have a large quantity of. Like, oh, I don't know, celery, you know, (laughs) not just celery, but things that I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to feel guilty for eating three apples, you know. So my problem has been, oh, that's delicious. Now I want 500 of them because they have a lot of sugar and delicious carbs in them and they're not good for me, but I want 500 because they're delicious. I have noticed that I have adopted the narrative that I can't stop once I start on something that's delicious. And that's not true. So I I had to sit there and I said, Gwendolyn, you can't stop and you will stop. You have self-control. And I put it down and I walked away. And I noticed at that moment how many times I've said to myself, I just can't help it. Even in joking. Even joking around going, oh, I just can't help it. I have to have another piece. <laughs> I mean, I, you can help it. You absolutely can. And so, my son is developing this narrative and it's fun, right? Um, I'm fast. I'm fast. He's seen other people be fast on TV and I'm fast, you know, at everything, even falling asleep. I'm fast at falling asleep. Everything's a competition. I'm fast, right? So what I love here in this whole thing that I'm talking about is that Cheryl's kids will develop the narrative because of their mom and because of themselves when they make mistakes and, they, and they've seen their mom. It's okay. It's okay. I feel safe going to my mom because she knows what it is to feel like she's living in a living hell. She said, my kids are a part of this. They're part of my depression. They know when mommy needs Jesus. They know when mommy's in that hole. And you know what that will also do? They will see people in their future who have depression and not judge them. And so now their narrative is going to change. For for instance, not change, but is being developed into we F up as people. And then sometimes we're just in a state, we're in a place where we feel defeated, we feel cast aside, we feel unloved. And no matter what the emotion is attached to that, whether it be anger, fear, whatever it is, crawl to Jesus if you have to. Cheryl's told me that literally she has yelled at Jesus. And just been so angry with him. And that she's like the things I've said to Jesus. He already knows them people. He already knows your thoughts. He already knows your heart. Talk to him. Be authentic with Jesus. And so I love that post that she, she did. Because you know what? It, it's, it, it really does open the door for people to go, I'm not alone. And Cheryl's going to Jesus. Even when it seems pointless. 
And that's the face of depression. And I've seen Cheryl around and she's beautiful and she's got like the cutest style and she's got, you know, she's, she's just got the best personality. She's bubbly and you want her at parties and, you know, all this stuff. And bubbly is not the right word for Cheryl. I can't believe I use that, but still. And then she can turn around and say, this is the face of depression. And my children are part of my depression. I truly believe that her children are going to develop some wonderful things because of this. And I don't think they would if she didn't go to Jesus all the time. If Cheryl didn't run to Jesus, I would be very concerned for her kids. I had a mom that didn't run to Jesus. I had a mom who suffered from paranoid schizophrenia. I had a mom who... We didn't exist, pretty much. Some of it was her illness. Some of it was not. So... My kid, as he runs around saying he's the fastest, he's the fastest, he's the fastest. I love that, right? But you know what? Am I preparing my kid to be the slowest? Am I preparing my kid that when he's not the best at something, he's not the fastest, or he's down, or he's sad and he doesn't know why, or he's going through something or he's having problems in relationships or, you know, whatever it is. Am I preparing him to go to Jesus? Because right now he's the fastest. He's happy, even if he's not the fastest, to believe that he is the fastest. (laughs) So we look at people who have kids and who have depression. We say, oh, those kids, no. Those kids are learning by that parent who no longer feels like the fastest at times to go to Jesus, as long as that parent's going to Jesus. So I hope that I am preparing my kid, even though I'm not going through depression, but that I'm preparing my child that when he is not the fastest, it's okay. Crawl to Jesus. That's what I hope. I love that Cheryl, that Cheryl posted those pictures of herself because I, 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 what I see from our conversations and just who she is, like, she's such a teachable person. I mean, I've talked about her before, actually, in the first episode I ever did. And I really, truly hope to have her on here because I think that people have no idea or just that people are out there like them. That people are out there sad, that people are out there confused, that people are out there just wanting someone else to say, I get it. (laughs) So I hope to have her on here at some point just to talk and so people can hear someone, the voice of depression. I don't think it looks a lot of what like people think it looks like, especially when you have Jesus. So, if you are dealing with depression, I encourage you to talk about it. And in whatever form that that is, whether it's social media, whether it's 
because once it's out there too, like shame just kind of like goes away. I'm telling you, when you talk about things in your life that you feel ashamed of and you actually say them verbally, that shame just, shame is not to be held on to. It has a purpose. It's to bring us to Jesus. And we have people in our lives that know Jesus and we're able to confess to them. It is amazing how free you feel because you have been captive to that shame. Anyway, I hope you guys are having a great day.